Welcome into episode 48 of the Sources Say podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, and today we have an awesome show planned for you guys. We're back with our main two co-hosts, David Sisk and Travis Graff of Cats Illustrated. First off, how are you guys doing? What up, fellas? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. Got a special co-host today, so looking forward to this episode. I'm David, glad, how are you? I'm glad we got somebody new. I'm tired of carrying this show. <laughs> <laughs> tired of being Blair, Tully, and Arn. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so we we have decided to bring in a brand new co-host on the show today. Uh, it's somebody that Kentucky fans should be very familiar with already. If not, you need to be. Uh, 2022 five-star guard Sky Clark. Sky, what's going on, man? What's up? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You know, there's a bunch to talk about, obviously, with, you know, you've had a big 24 hours, I guess 48 hours. You've been getting a bunch of big offers recently, but we wanted to bring you on to talk about the most recent Kentucky offer and just, you know, just, you know, talk, talk hoop with you. Just, you know, you know, talk about your move to Brentwood, talk about some other stuff going on down in Tennessee and, uh, you know, just kind of throughout the country. So we, we thought you'd be the, the perfect co-host for, for this week's episode. Um, so right off the bat, Right off the bat, let's jump in on, on last night's big news. Kentucky mm-hmm. offers you. First off, you know, your, your very first, uh, your first thoughts on, on Kentucky offering you. Uh, it's, I don't even know what to say. It was a huge blessing um, just hearing Coach Kyler. Because we were on a Zoom call with uh, Coach Barbie, Coach Kyler Perry, uh, Coach Payne, and Coach Justice, and Coach Kennedy. And then um, just, hearing, just hearing him say, like, you have an official offer, a scholarship to Kentucky, you would just – it didn't even seem real. It's something I have been waiting for for a very long time. Well, see, I want to know who's more excited, you or your dad, because your dad called me immediately after, and he was like, <laughs> heavy. I, was like I was like, damn, Kenny, calm down a bit. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, I was really excited, but my dad looked more excited than me. But, yeah, so, nah, it was a blessing. So the, the night before, you know, word leaked out that the, that the Skype call or the Zoom, Zoom conference call was going to happen. Did you, like, have a sense that this offer was coming? coming or was it how did UK pitch this zoom call with you did they just act like it was just gonna be another another conversation with you or could you could you tell that an offer was coming uh yeah well me and my dad like in the back of like the way back of our head I thought like you know maybe because I got the North Carolina offer this week and so we we're like maybe I'll get an offer but we weren't expecting anything so it was definitely it was a huge surprise what was that North Carolina offer like? I know your mom posts on your Instagram uh, post, and then I asked your dad, too, that uh, Roy Williams, you were the first player he's ever offered without seeing play in person. What was that like? Yeah, no, I wasn't – I was making a TikTok, and then he called me, and, like, I was about to let it, like, just ring, but then I saw who it was. I was like, oh, snap, Coach Roy's calling me. So I went outside, and then we just started – we talked for, like, 30 minutes. And then, yeah, he, he offered me, and we – we talked for a long time. Yeah, uh, that was super special, though. I actually started like like tearing up. Like, now you're what? you're one of you're one of the like biggest TikTokers I know. Are you gonna like commit on TikTok or what? I just I just like to make people laugh. That's about it. <laughs> now with with all this stuff going, you know, AAU's kind of shut down temporarily. At least you know we don't we don't know when when those events are gonna start coming back. But th- right now is when these college coaches are supposed to be seeing you in action, and that's when like 
Coach Cal has no. never offered a rising junior before seeing him in, you know, seeing them in person. So I believe you are the first to, for, for him to do that without actually seeing you this summer. What does that mean to you that like you kind of like broke that barrier of, of, you know, get, being the first offer uh, from Coach Cal to, without him seeing you in person? Uh, it's a huge honor. Cause like just knowing that like he's seen film and stuff, but like, it's nothing like actually going and see, uh, seeing a kid play. So just just knowing that, that, like, I'm the first kid that he offered without actually seeing play in person is huge. Yes, it's a blessing. What, what, uh, what, right what was now. the. You're outside right now in a jacket. Is that right? Yes, sir. Uh, and I'm about an hour south of you, and I'm about ready to melt. How do you. No, nah, yeah. It's, it's hot out here. It's hot. <laughs> How did how did the rest of that conversation go outside of you, you know just just the offer talk you know what what else did you guys talk about? Uh, we're talking about like their plan with um how they're treating COVID and how they're treating the players, like what they're doing and how they're handling all that, and then we're just having normal conversation and stuff. What did what did they say about how they're handling the COVID stuff? Because you know we kind of talked to some of the other parents from afar and and we kind of get their their take on it. But what did the coaches say to? say to you about how they're handling it? Like, did you feel like if you were, up, you know, uh, an incoming athlete, would you feel comfortable with how they're handling it? No, nah, yeah, they're doing it. Coach Cal has it all figured out. He said it wasn't easy, but he's basically – none of the kids can contact – like, in person can contact each other. Um, they all got their own dorms, own bathroom. And then I think they're only letting one person in the gym at a time, and they're just doing the shooting machine. Like, not even the coaches – Coach Cal said um, they can't even go in their offices yet. So wow. he said he said his mail has been mailed to him recently. But um, but yeah, so they do the shooting machine, they get up shots, and then they sanitize the balls after. So yeah, he has a, he has it all figured out. They're doing Zoom calls and everything. And they're how, and they're, getting the, they're getting the kids tested. I think like once or twice a week or something like that. Gotcha. How how are you handling all this with? Uh... You know, with with you being able to get into the gym, I know we've actually gone to gone to see you play in some of those pro runs. But and, but how are you handling it, and and how are you able to stay in shape, get shots up, and and kind of get yourself ready for this this uh, upcoming season? Uh, I'm pretty much just just living. I'm I'm living safe, but I'm not really a, um, around a lot of people. The people that I'm around, I know, and I know that they're they're um. They don't have COVID or anything. So luckily we've been blessed with a, a trainer for, I do football, football work as well. Just on like working on my first step in agility and quickness and stuff. So luckily I have him and then coach Jamal. Has there, uh, has there been a COVID spike in Brentwood uh, here in the last few days? I know numbers throughout, you know, it's getting to different areas now. You know, Kentucky, obviously, Tennessee, Alabama had record numbers yesterday. Is it uh, is it got into Brentwood uh, more, and is that something that you worry about that might affect your workouts in the future? Um, I I believe there's a spike. I don't know if it's in just Brentwood, but there's definitely a spike in Tennessee. But yeah, um, and Davidson County, you have to wear a mask, and if not, they fine you fifty dollars. Wow. So yeah, it's crazy. But um, I don't really think it'll affect my workout schedule. Um, I feel I feel pretty safe with what I have going on right now. Now you're talking about doing football workouts. If you were to play football, would you be quarterback, pretty boy, wide receiver? What would you do? 
wide receiver. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> did you did you used to play football or, or were you good I played, at it? I played flag when I was seven. That was my only time. But uh, I got MVP. I was a wide receiver back then. But uh, yeah, my mom wasn't gonna let us wasn't gonna let us put the pads on. <laughs> How good's the training at a place like Brentwood Academy for those that that may not be familiar with it in Kentucky? You know, that's one of the best athletic programs and definitely one of the best football programs historically in the southeast mm-hmm. uh how does how has the training that they can do with you there at school how, how would that help nah yeah the training out here is it's it's next level um coach jamal who's gotten um he's trained darius his whole entire life and darius is in uh with cleveland now but coach jamal is one of the best trainers that i've been with um and then Coach Jay Holt, the one who I'll be on the football field with, he is next level. He trains NFL players and everything. And, like, I can already feel it. My my vert has probably increased about another two, three inches already. And I know you're talking about Jamal Richardson. How um, How is, is his training different than what you've had in the past? And what do you think you've picked up since you've started working with him? Uh, probably just simplifying the game because I feel like, like, if you ask any trainer, there's not really much you can teach me. Like, moves-wise, like, doing – I can pretty much do any dribbling move you need me to do. So, I have all the dribbling. So, right now, I'm just really working on coming off pin downs and off, um, like, uh, down screens and all that, catch and shoot, like, learning how to play off the ball. I was going to say, if anybody else does have a question here, I was going to say, gonna, from, from that, it tells me that – you may be working more, and you said it off the ball, then that's probably going to be a question we're all going to have, point guard from play to two, uh, that, that you're kind of working on, on the shooting guard spot by doing that. Uh, not really. I'm, I'm still a I'm still a point guard. But if Coach Cal or whoever coach um, I play with, if they need me to play off the ball, then, then I can do that as well. In the NBA, you're not always going to have the ball in your hand. You know, point guards, you got to – Sometimes you'll pass it to the wing, come down, come off some screens, and then catch and shoot. So I'm just working on different ways to score. It, it makes you a lot harder to guard if you can do stuff without the ball. Like Steph Curry. Steph Curry comes off a whole bunch of down screens before he shoots the ball, and this makes him ten times harder to guard. Now, your dad said you've been working on your shot. Would you say that that's, like, the part of your game that you're trying to uh... – increase your ability in or like you you consider that a weakness or just something that you're working on i wouldn't consider it a weakness i've de- it's definitely gotten a lot better my freshman year i shot i think 20 20 percent from three and then this past year my sophomore year i shot um 39 from three so and this year i, I plan on on even like trying to shoot like 50 60 from three because uh I shoot only NBA threes when I work out, so the high school three is going to be a lot easier. So I wouldn't consider it a weakness, but it's definitely something that I can, that I can improve. What part How do you think – I'm sorry. But what part have you tried to work on your shot to get stronger? Is it release points? Is it footwork? Is it reps? Shooting uh, stronger? Definitely. What? Yeah, reps, just getting more consistent. I think that's my biggest problem is um, I'll go like – a good week with a shooting uh like a good shooting week and then i'll go like two three days like it'll kind of be a little streaky and i'll get back on so just having a, a really consistent jump shot that's probably the biggest thing 
how do you think you've stacked up in these these pro runs? How do you think you've stacked up against the other talent? You know, we were there, we saw you, we were impressed, but you know, your own personal scattering report of yourself, how do you think you matched up against the likes of Darius Garland, you know, uh, Robert Covington, those guys? I think I'm holding I'm holding my own pretty well. But um it's definitely helping my game a whole lot. Um I played in the the uh pro run on Saturday and I was doing good in that. And then I played in the, the college high school run on Sunday. And it was just. Night it was like, Yeah, it was like scoring was so easy. I don't even think I took a jump shot. I got to the basket whenever, like every every time I wanted to. But yeah, so it's definitely it's definitely going to help a whole lot. When I get what are the, the, the players that you're playing against in the runs? Like Darius Garland, uh, Ian Clark, Robert Covington, you had Alex Porthers out there. Which, which guy do you have the most? Who do you, like, think is the hardest to guard? Ian. Darius is usually on my really? team. But Darius and Ian are, like, like, yeah, they're different. Like, Ian, he does some stuff that I've never seen before. His his footwork and his pace and his jump shot is just, it's next level. How long are you going to be able to play play with him? Like, how long are these runs going to be going on throughout the summer? From the looks of it, every single weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, we're doing it uh today friday today's friday right yeah 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 <laughs> yeah so um yeah we're gonna do it tomorrow next week the week after that so pretty much it's every weekend no so, i'll oh, go ahead david one thing that, that he said was against the high school is he hasn't taken a jump shot we came down and watched you against all the college guys and the pro guys we were all three there we didn't take a jump shot against those guys yeah, yeah, it's definitely – that's one thing I'm trying to work on is uh, just shooting more because when I get to college and, um, and like, the NBA level, I'm definitely going to have to start shooting more. So that's definitely something I'm working on. It's just coming down and uh, just pull it up because that will make it even easier to get to the basket. Because if you're coming down, you hit a three, come down again, hit a three, come down again, get by the dude, hit a mid-range, then you can come down, boom, hezzy, he jumps, and then you can get to the basket. So something David and I were talking about when we wrote a scouting report for Cats Illustrated on you were first time you jumped out to your strength and your build. You're like naturally big. Your dad's a big dude. Uh, do you strength train or are you just naturally gifted with? No, yeah, I yeah, no, trust me. None of this that you see it was it, it came easy. It was all a lot of hard work, and um, that's what uh, Coach Scotty. Well, when I was in Cali, I was at um. EPX and Mamba Academy. Uh, they changed the sports academy now. But uh, I was there like three, four times a week uh, lifting weights and doing a whole bunch of stuff. But now I'm out here. I usually go to Resilient with Coach Scotty, which is like right around the corner. Or I go with uh, Coach Jay Holt on the football field. What has been the, the biggest, uh, like, difference between L.A. And, and Brentwood? Like, how have you adjusted with the move? And, and how, much, how much more are you enjoying it where you are now than, than where, you, where were you before? One thing that's really different is the weather. I miss Cali. That's probably like the thing about I miss about Cali is definitely uh, the weather and my friends. But uh, there's great people out here. Um, they're showing great hospitality, and uh, they're just welcoming uh, welcoming me and my family. And you know, there's there's really nothing to hate out here besides the weather. Is the weather out here is, is bipolar? <laughs> the humidity is that what you hate or what? Yeah, that humidity would be messing up my hair. <laughs> well, you're the one that's wearing a damn jacket. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. Don't worry. Check the code. I don't have no. I just left the workout. I didn't bring an extra shirt. Yeah. So that's all I got. But speaking of Nashville, you just recently moved to Nashville. You were all over the headlines with uh, Black Lives Matter protests, and you were one of the first ones out there like, hey, let's clean up the mess from the protest the next day. Can you – and uh, McCurr Maker's in the news right now with HBCU. Uh, he just committed to Howard uh, 4 o'clock this morning. And <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, I woke up to that. And um, so, like, what's your what's your thoughts on all that? I know you got an offer from Tennessee State, which is a HBCU. What's your thoughts on the, all that? No, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a, a game changing route, and I respect McCurr for making that decision. Um, you know, I just if that's what if that's what he thinks that will um, like help bring a change, then all, all power to him. But you know, it's a great route. Um, yeah. Is this something you're you're gonna consider when when you look at your own recruitment? Yeah, it's definitely something I'll consider. Yes, sir. What does it mean to be, you know, you are a, a prominent young black athlete in, in this country going with all this stuff going on. You have all the fl- followers you have on social media, you know, you your voice is louder than most. What does it mean to you that people kind of look up to you for guidance and advice and, and do, you know, in, in a time like we're living in right now that you are one of the most prominent voices and, you know, people look to you for, for help. That's a huge blessing. Just knowing God put me in this position to, um, to do such things. And uh, I feel like he gave me my platform that I have right now to, to reach people and, and make them feel like they have a voice because everybody has a voice, no matter if you have a million followers or one follower, it's going to take everybody to change. Uh, let me ask you this. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Jamal probably mm-hmm. uh, about a day or two after the first March. Uh, and I think it's a question we need to ask because I, I think we need to ask the tough questions and, and, and hear some of us hear what we're not. I used agree. To but what do you, what's your experience as a, a young black man in, in America? Uh, what you go through daily, or, or maybe not daily, but what you may have experienced. What, uh, you know, I can't answer that for you. And I think more of us need to, instead of thinking that we have the answers, and I'm not trying to make this political at all, but I think oh, we need to, we need I think to listen to what other people, you know, what their experiences have been and, 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 and try to take it in. No, yeah. Um, yeah, I've had, I've had several experiences, uh, especially this last year. Uh, I would get flicked off. I got called the N-word a lot. But, um, yeah, but being a, an athlete as well, you don't really experience it as much because we're, like, they're rooting for us and they love what we do. But, but yeah, when I was little, we lived – when I lived in Atlanta, we lived, like, 20 minutes away from a, a KKK headquarters. And that's when we probably experienced it the most. There was one time someone set a snapping turtle on our front porch, which was random. But uh, but yeah, I haven't really experienced it as much as other people. But I've definitely had some some uh, occurrences. When you said you you were called the N word, now was that something like you're in a game from a fan somewhere, or was that out on the street, or what was it? Yeah, no. Nah, um, there was one game last year. The team. Uh, Right before we played them, my coach overheard them say say some racial things. And then um, another game, I was shooting free throw. I got a hand one, and I started flexing at the crowd. 
and I got flicked off and I started shooting free throws and then I, I heard some uh, some N words. So yeah, it's, it's like it happens like during the game. Do you uh, see any? This is the last question I'll ask guys on this. I'm sorry. But thank you. But d d have you seen a difference? And you're in the mid South area, not far from Kentucky, Nashville area. Have you seen see a difference in there compared to the other places that you've lived? Let's say California. You know, do you see a, a, a difference? You know, racial relations or what? Maybe what people's attitudes are toward you. Uh, I haven't. Since I've been out here, I haven't really experienced anything racial. I think it's getting a lot, a lot better from what I've seen personally, just uh, from being at the protests and from the cleanups and when I threw the prayer night. There was just it was really diverse, and then there was a it was a lot of um, a white people just like really like they wanted they want to see change as well, which is beautiful to see. But I know there's some areas out here. Um, where my friend sent me a video. There was a dude riding a horse with a um, Confederate flag, and then he said he was, like, antagonizing black people and stuff. But, yeah, I, ha I haven't personally experienced anything out here, but there's, there's definitely going to be few. But I, I feel like it's getting a lot better. Now, I'll say this. Uh, I've had a lot of DMs and, like, replies to tweets that I've tweeted about you and from UK fans. They're like, I don't – like, I've had three that have said I don't – pretty much said I don't care if he can – make a layup if he can make a three-pointer. I want this kid on, on on our team just due to his character. So, a lot of people – there's a lot of eyes on what you're doing. Yeah. That's love. I love that. Well, and when you think of it, like, you know, obviously there's there's a long way to go. We'll, we'll get into the recruitment and timeline and all that here in, in just a second. But, like, that's one thing that John Calipari has, has promoted so often and in, in with – you know, his, his players, he wants those people to use their platform for good and all that. So, you know, talking to people around the program, you know, Travis and I, we both done, you know, talk to the, talk to the same people. They've specifically said part of the reason why they're so interested in you and why they love you so much is because you already kind of embody that like Kentucky mindset that like, that that's something that they, they appreciate about you more than, you know, some of the other guys that may be on the same recruiting level but you, you you understand and I think that's something that they obviously that you know they appreciate and that's part of the reason why you're one of the first you know the first guy that they've offered in, in the class and without seeing you and all that stuff so uh shifting back to your recruitment a little bit and, and just the timeline of it all what is what's next for you you know with with AAU events kind of being canceled up in the air right now what what are you looking for in terms of the decision timeline and uh you know, kind of when when you're kind of planning to just take that next step? Uh, I think probably the next step is – I think there's, like, about um, two, three colleges whose offers I haven't got yet. That, uh, But I think the next step is just visits. And um, y'all are hearing this – y'all are hearing this first, but uh, I'm going to take all my uh, junior and senior year classes this coming year just in case I do reclass up, so I'll be ready because uh, I'm definitely considering it now. But uh, nothing set in stone yet, but it's definitely an option. Now, you told me last night that you said you didn't want to wait too long to make a decision, probably around the end of the first semester, right before the season starts, because you want to be able to enjoy high school, but you still want to uh, be able to do the McDonald's All-American game, Jordan Brand game, Yeah, if, if you were to reclass. So... Is, is that your timeline around that time? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably around November, December before uh, first semester ends or something like that. 
now, you think what, you're going to make a go ahead Jeff. do you think you're going to make a a reclass decision at the same time as your college decision like would you say i am going to reclass and i'm going to college at the same time or are you going to how, like what how what, what is going to come first and in, in all this uh i haven't really thought about that much but i feel like i would reclass first and then make my decision is coach calipari uh or any of the coaches that you talked to at kentucky do they mention reclass and uh, th does that kind of work its way into the fit part? Oh uh, yeah, um, I told I've told uh, most of the college coaches that uh, I'm definitely considering reclassifying up. Um, so yeah. What what all is it going to depend on mostly for you? Is it going to be development this summer leading into the season, or because we've talked to people around the Kentucky program, like Jack said, and they said that they would take you in either class and that they feel like you're college ready now yeah um yeah I feel like it just depends on uh like you said like this um my summer development um with coach Jamal and coach Mark Edwards who I've been with this weekend or this week um I feel like they're going to take my game to an even higher level than what I've been at and I feel like I'm gonna be like 10 times better than I am right now by the time the season comes and everything so yeah it definitely just depends on how I feel going into the season how my games go and stuff like that. Now, when I look at you, I'm sorry, Travis. Go ahead, Travis. Uh, it, I know that the AAU season is kind of looking dim right now, but if there is like fall activities into summer activities, who are you going to be running with? Uh, I'm still I'm still picking uh, between teams right now. Gotcha. Um, when you um, when I watch you play and, and look at you, and Travis said it. Uh, your physicality, especially in your lower base, your legs, just this body. For anybody that's not seen you play, you know, you were playing out there with 20-year-olds, and, and I would have had no clue that you were a high schooler. I mean, you look physically like they did. Is that part of what your uh, one thing that you look at and you say, hey, if I go to 2021, I'm ready to go because I feel like physically I can handle that? Oh, snap. Uh, hold on. Sorry about this. mom's called um yeah definitely something that I feel like my body is is getting to the point where um you know it's like it's built enough I'm physical enough to play at that level so yeah definitely let me ask one more on this guys what what if you can't take uh because of COVID you're not allowed to take visits during the fall let's say that happens uh, mm -hmm. you do you put it back or, or, or do you feel you don't know enough about each school? Um, I would definitely try and set up. I know they're doing virtual visits, and um, I would definitely do do more Zoom calls with coaches and stuff. Um, it may set it back, but it may not as well if you know I get enough info about the college and I get a better feel for the coaches and and the fans and stuff like that. Have you taken a virtual visit yet? Do you know, like, fans have no idea what virtual visit means, you know, with all this stuff, craziness going on. What does that even mean to, to take a virtual visit to a school? Have you, do you know what that what that entails? I've kind of taken one with uh, Wake Forest. It wasn't like a, it wasn't a Zoom call or anything, but he sent me like a Google Maps thing. And it was literally like the whole entire campus um, basketball facility and stuff like that. And then, like, you would just tap on a certain room and then it'll show a picture of that entire room and stuff. 
but I believe the virtual visits is like a coach will call you on the FaceTime or Zoom call, and then um, they'll just take you around campus and start explaining things. Be ready to see coaches riding around in golf carts. Doing the <laughs> I'm serious. I've talked to guys, that, plenty of guys that's already done that. Coaches ride around in golf carts and show you to campus just like you would be in there with them. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, Y'all want to start asking the, the fan questions? from uh, Sure. I got, I, I got them pulled up. Yeah, hey, I can I ask them. one fan question here? I'm the old <laughs> guy here, and I'm going to forget. I've got to ask this because you, I'm sorry. You brought it uh-huh. up. I have to. You talked about at the Mumba Academy. You were out there. Did you ever see Kobe Bryant while you were in there? And if you did, do you have any stories? Yeah, um, I saw him twice. But he was – I was on the court, and then they got a, like, um, a kind of upper area where, like, you can sit and stuff. He was up there talking with the with his uh, his girls team. So I didn't get to meet him or anything. But my little brother, ZZ, actually, like, went to his house and then went to a gym with him and actually got to play. He was guarding Gigi, and Gigi was guarding him. And they played, like, five on five. And then he got to meet Kobe and talk to him and stuff. So you never broke his ankles? <laughs> nah, if I was the, if I got a chance to play Kobe one on one, man, I don't even know. That would be like the oh. greatest moment of my entire life. Man, yeah, that that'd be nuts. All right, I got a I, I got some of these questions pulled up. Okay. So first one, first one is from West Payne. He says, if he if if you had to choose one other player currently in high school, so I guess regardless of class, uh, mm-hmm. to play with at the next level, who would it be? Um. Shoot, there's a few. I definitely want to play with Imani. Um, Jaden Bradley is another person who I, I I've known him forever. He's definitely somebody that me and him would, would play well together. And then uh, Jalen Duran is another one. Me and him would me and him would definitely go really well together on the court. How many other guys players do you talk to? You know, when you're grade about you're going to go to college and mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, I haven't really, I haven't really talked to uh, anybody. I've talked to Brandon Miller. That's probably about the only one that I've talked to about like teaming up and stuff. Oh, and Trey White. Trey White's another one. Trey White moved to California a few months ago, and then during the whole um, quarantine and everything, we had a gym, so we was working out every single day, and then we we started talking about that. Got you. <clears throat> All right. Next one from Je- Jeff Turok. Uh, what are your priorities for picking your college? Um, and then who are some players you model your game after? Um, definitely uh, the fan base is one of them. Like how the fans react and, and like how they show love and stuff and how they make me feel welcome. That's definitely one of the biggest things. Uh, how the coach coaches, um, will it fit my game? Will it help me get my game to the next level? Um, the atmosphere, the way they do things, stuff like that. And then, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just a school that's going to help me achieve my dreams. And then who who are some of the players you model your game after? Uh, Kyrie is one of them. Ryan Harrow is another who was a former Kentucky player for a little bit. And um, I really – Steve Nash is another person who I love to watch. But – uh. I try to watch a lot of people and see what they do best, and then I take that and try to add that to my game. 
He so this Ryan one's from Harrow, and Ryan. People forget how nasty Ryan Harrow was. Ryan, yo, Ryan Harrow, It didn't work out at Kentucky, but he's still nasty. Like people. No, like, yeah. yeah, yo, Ryan is. I'm with Mark Edwards. That's who trained Ryan since he was a little kid, and um, like, yeah. Mark, are you gonna Ryan, be Mark Edwards? Are you a monster now? What do you say? Are you a monster labs guy now? <laughs> nah. But nah, Mark Mark's work is different. Mark's work is different. We was in the gym from ten to one yesterday and then we came back and went from like nine to ten thirty. And then today we went like from like ten to twelve thirty. Sheesh, sheesh. All right. This yeah. this kind of goes in line with a, with the previous question about the NBA. This is from Trent Z. If you could have a magic wand and steal any NBA player's trait, what would it be? Steph Curry's range, Kawhi's defense, any anything like that? Either LeBron's athleticism or Curry's range. Even Dame's range. But uh but yeah. One of those three. All right, this is from Big Bob. <laughs> For Sky, would he rather lose early in the NCAA tournament and be guaranteed a lottery pick or win a title and be guaranteed a non-lottery pick? Um, shoot. That's a tough one. Um, I definitely want to be a lottery pick. That's like a dream. But I also winning, a, winning the championship would also be a, a huge thing. That's a tough one. I'm gonna have to get back to you on that one. <laughs> people, people could hate on like kids want to be lottery picks. It happens with the old heads all the time, but it's like you don't understand the money difference. Like that's no, yeah, it's, it's life changing money. Yeah, if they were in that position. If you could have like a few hundred thousand or guaranteed like ten million, which one are you gonna take? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'd say, I'd say the more you win, it's because the better you are. The better you are, the higher you're going to get drafted. So That's true. That's true. Yeah. All right. This is from Rockwall Cat. He says, what number will you be wearing? He says at Kentucky, but we're just going to say uh, at the college level. 55. And why that's is gonna that? Be, that's going to be my number for the, the rest of the rest of the time. And uh, it's just different. And then uh, – Ryan Harrow wore 55, who's a player I look up to. Jason Williams wore 55, who's another player I look up to. And then you just don't see people wearing wearing um, a larger number like that, so especially point guards. Um, so I just feel like it's just, it's just different. All right, we'll we'll end it with this one. If he if you could pick any UK Cal team to have played on in the past, what year would you choose? Part the year, I said a year with Anthony Davis or, or Anthony. What, what, was uh, AD and Demarcus Cousins? Did they play the same year or not? Nah? It was John Wall. It was John Wall and Demarcus Cousins. So it, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony Davis' okay, year yeah. was with uh, like Marcus Teague, Terrence Jones, uh, Kyle yeah. Winter, Those guys. AD, AD, and Terrence Jones. Was, yeah, I know Terrence really well. We used hey. to work out together. But, yeah, definitely that year. We have to ask Ben Ray's question, too. We have to. Uh, ben Ray asked, when will he be committing to UK? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens, though. We'll see what happens, though. <laughs> all right. Well, that's that's all I got. Do you guys have, any, have anything else? I don't. 
appreciate you coming on the show. No, uh, thank y'all. Thanks as always, man. Thanks. Yeah, we, we appreciate you, brother. And uh, we, we look forward to following your recruitment and seeing where things go in the next couple months. Let's get it. All right, brother. Be, be safe. All right, peace. And we are back from our interview with Sky Clark. Uh, real quick, guys, first first initial thoughts. Travis, what did you think uh, of the interview? What you know, Any overall takeaways you have from it? Just per usual, he's a great kid coming from a really great family. Uh, he's everything UK emulates within their program. He's a stand-up kid, speaks his mind and open about everything and uses his platform really well. And he's a great player to boot, so. David, you are all about asking him questions on uh, what type of player he is, his build, you know, what he projects as at the college level. You are all about getting the X's and O's. Did you learn anything on, on that front that, that uh, kind of caught your attention? Well, I, I thought it was maybe a little interesting. You talked about playing off the ball some. Uh, and, you know, that's been a discussion that we've all had. Is he a, a, I think he's more of a point guard because of his height now. One thing that we didn't talk about here, I think he and his dad both say that they, the doctor still thinks he can get to six four, and if he does, and I think that's a game changer even from now because then he can play two. But you know he's looking at playing off the, off the one, playing off the ball, and and uh, you never know the way Coach Calipari, you know, recruits and who could come in. I mean, you could be looking at, you know, kind of like quickly in Hagen's where you've got two point guards on the floor at the same time and then you've got to play off. So I thought that was interesting. I thought it was fascinating that he was so open about the reclassification process and said flat out, I am, I am going to uh, be doing all my academic work for my junior and senior years this coming year to put myself in position to, to reclass. And if you think about it, have we seen a player uh, do you know, do that and not follow through on a, on a reclassification. Well, I'll say this. He told me last night in the interview that, that I posted on Cats Illustrated, Joel Justice already has his transcript. And, like, I mean, they're super invested in him going 2021. And if you look at um, – I'm sure you saw it, Jack. I know uh, I know David did. If you look at Corey Evans's um, like, mock kind of U.K. class right now, he feels really confident about U.K. landing <clears> – <throat> excuse me uh, – Brandon Huntley-Hatfield – uh, Paulo Bancaro and Jaden Hardy. And I think that if you, I think there's a very good possibility you could add Sky to that list. And if you look at it, that that would be a roster kind of like this past year where you have a really score, skilled four in Paulo. Uh, I think Isaiah Jackson returns. I think he'd be at the five. I think uh, Brandon Huntley Hatfield would, um, would be the six man. And then you'd have to run a three guard lineup with Askew, Clark, who can both run the point, Jaden Hardy, who can initiate and would be one of the top five scorers of the Cal era at UK. I think, I think that lineup could really work. And I think it's reasonable. I mean, if you I think, think of I think UK gets Kennedy, I, as of right now, I don't think UK gets Kennedy Chandler. I think they're firmly running second from somebody I, I talked to that's close to him behind Tennessee right now. But I think that, uh, I think Sky Clark reclassifying has a lot of legs to it. I mean, if you look at the what that roster would be, one, Devin Askew, two, uh, Sky Clark, three, Jaden Hardy, four, if you want to put Isaiah Jackson, Isaiah Jackson, Paolo, Bancaro, kind of being the, the you know, makeshift versatile four slash five, however they want to they do it. That is, I mean, if you're talking athletic, 
high scoring, you know, fast pace, that team would be so much fun to watch. And then you have Brent Huntley Hatfield coming off the bench, most likely, unless he's, he turns into a, a star freshman and you, and you have no choice but to start him from day one. But that roster from top to bottom, you, you know, potentially Cameron Fletcher, Lance Ware coming back. I know it's, you know, too early to, to predict anybody to come back at Kentucky ever. But if you're kind of just thinking of where their rankings are right now, that roster from top to bottom would be filthy. Now, I think Jack, you have to go ahead, Travis. Uh, Jack, you got uh, you got some scoop the other day that you told me about that you were hearing behind the scenes that UK might go after it. Like UK's been after grad transfer uh, big men. You said that there's a possibility they might go after grad transfer shooters, which would probably be an off the bench shooter. But can you kind of tell us about rumblings you're hearing on that? So I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk because it's so early in the process, but you know what? Screw it. I, I don't care. Um, not name so drop. I, just, what? You don't have to name drop. Just talk about well, it. Th- there is a player that is already in discussions right now uh, about potentially grad transferring out of Kentucky. Like this is something that's that behind the scenes, it, like I don't, I don't even think they're not legally allowed to talk right now. So I don't, nothing like on, on that front, but there is a player that is sig- extremely interested in grad transfer grad transferring to Kentucky next year. Um, that would be, I mean, he's like a 40% shooter at the college level right now. He'd be an instant plug and play guy. He's going to come in, would come in and, and get buckets from day one. And to have a, a piece like that coming off the bench, uh, man, I mean, it, it'd be like the, the Nate Sestina equivalent of, you know, a guy that you trust to come of a guard. It, it'd be a guy that you could trust to come in and and make an immediate impact from day one. Add that, you know, versatile. Add that veteran leadership, that versatility. You know, just add that one extra shooting piece for the roster that would already make it. Uh, the roster is already looking to be one of the, you know one of the deepest, one of the most talented uh, we've seen. Adding a, a piece like this would only uh, only help help their cause for sure. And I think you've got to look to elsewhere besides the traditional route it's more non-traditional now I mean if you take a look at what's coming in this year you've got uh three transfers and two reclasses if you take the year before Tyrese Maxey was there another reclass in that group I'm trying to think Uh, um Uh, and and then I don't think so then you had Nate Sustina come in so the more things change now, and, and, and it changes more every year with, with G Leagues and things like that uh, coming into play, and you're looking at guys maybe wanting to get up and get into the money earlier than they might have been able to three or four years ago, uh, I, I think every year from here on out, we're going to have to look and say, okay, there's probably – or there is going to be at least one reclass coming into Kentucky's class and, you know, two or three are not out of the mix. So we're looking at Sky Clark and, and Huntley Hatfield right now, and it wouldn't surprise me if another one comes. Also keep in mind, you're going to have the uh, the one-time automatic transfer rule probably come into play next year. You know, you do that and everybody's fair game. Well, that's the – that talking to people around the program, they – this year was kind of a, a tough year for them because they felt that they did everything right going into the year in terms of building this roster for now and in the future. They thought Johnny Juzang was a guaranteed two-year player. They were, you know, penciling him in as, as a, a next-year guy. 
Khalil Whitney from day one. I had heard that there were some serious rumblings that that he was not going to be a one and done. That he was, uh, he, he you know, he had some struggles, but from that day they were like okay well we don't need to go all in on some of these other guys because we're kind of loosely planning on Khalil Whitney to return they lose both of them via transfer you know some surprise departures you know they kind of thought EJ Montgomery there's a chance he would come back based on how he played uh you know they're just there were some surprises from top to bottom on the roster that they were not accounting for and I think there's some genuine frustrations because of that they want to, you know, kind of have some consistency and some, we, you know, they're just as frustrated about roster management as we are, you know, they, they don't want fresh faces every single year, 10 new guys coming into the program. They'd like some longevity and some consistency on that front. So because of this transfer rule coming in, that I would not be shocked at all. If they said, screw it, we're not going to invest all of our time and resources in, you know, top five, top 10 guys, as much as we would before knowing that we can have our, you know, have our, chance at, at elite transfers year after year after year grad transfer and both with grad transfer and the one-time immediate transfer rule the options are going to be endless for for Kentucky moving forward it's I mean it's going to be it's going to be something that that Cal Cal and, and the Kentucky coaching staff they're going to eat first I mean w- without a doubt they're going to they're going to have a very fun time with roster management moving forward well you know people have asked and I think all three of us has got this question a ton how is Coach Calipari going to adjust his recruiting philosophy, you know, if, if, if we have no more wanted done? Uh, and and it's obviously, and now the G League's here, I think you're starting to see it. Uh, transfers, reclasses. Uh, one thing I can say I think is interesting, Eric Bossy said this, and Eric said all along that he doesn't think that the NBA is necessarily at war with college basketball, that – he just believes they don't want to see kids go overseas. And he wrote something this week that may not have stuck out to a lot of people, but it kind of caught my eye that he said that with the G League, he thinks now that maybe the NBA is dragging your feet a little bit at the high school kids being able to come straight out into the NBA. He, he thinks there, there might be a chance that this G League route could be that conduit in between. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, is there anything else that we want to get to before we call it a show? I mean, I guess, you know, Amani Bates, that was a big decision, something that nobody really, it didn't, uh, there was some speculation that he was going to potentially move forward with the pro route. He was, there was some talk that he was going to sign with clutch sports just that morning. Uh, and then he ends up committing to Michigan state. So it was a slight surprise, but in terms of the actual, College, that wasn't a shock. Um, and also what he said during his commitment was not a shock at all. He flat out said, as of today, I am committing to this. I don't know what uh, my future holds. Things can change in the future. But as of today, which it didn't leave me you know, confident at all that he's going to move forward with his, his college decision. I think he's going to end up going, going pro. I don't think he'll ever I'm step foot on a college campus. Guys, if they – and just to piggyback off what I just said, if they don't change the rule, I'm one of these guys who, who, and I may be in a minority here, I think he reclasses and plays uh, 2020. That'd be. And, and that way he, you know, he can still – and here's the thing. I think now if you can't go, if you have to go, let's say you're not – you have to do a one and done or you have to go to the G League or what, you can move up a year 
and basically go three years of high school and you're doing the same thing you would have done traditionally and you're going in at the same time. So I could see him doing that and going to Michigan State and playing next year because, you know, there's been some word that he's already out there trying to recruit some players to come with him and, uh, and, and then, you know, have that one year and then go on and, and, and make a billion dollars. I'll say this about another recruitment. I was really, I'm really behind this HBCU movement that McCurmaker is trying to start. I put in a future cast for UCLA late last night because, I mean, everybody knew that he was a wild card. And UCLA kind of, I, I put on uh, the board on Cat Social, I was like medium to low confidence. Or I think I put medium confidence, but it's probably closer to low. I was, I mean, I was just doing process elimination. I didn't have any, I knew it wasn't going to be Kentucky. But pe- there were some people out in L.A. that were pretty confident that they were going to land Maker. But I'm I'm happy that he's going to Howard. Like, I hope that it starts a trend of kids, like, give, giving that consideration. Because I tweeted today, I said, could you imagine the 30 for 30 after, like, a couple years after the Black Lives Matter movement, if there's, uh, like, a HBCU that goes on a huge tournament run and possibly wins the whole damn thing? Like, yeah. <laughs> it would be electric. It would be huge. Sharon Wright, Jr. of Wake Forest, uh, just announced that he's transferring to Morgan State. Uh, this happened about five minutes ago. So that's another one. Um, and, you know, I, I, I was talking to the Rivals uh, publisher for UCLA last night, and he felt really, really confident that um, um, Maker was going to go to UCLA. And then, like you say, we woke up this morning and saw that. And the first thing I saw on my phone was – I you know, uh, uh, maker to, to Howard. And I was like, wow, man, you think that's going to happen? Well, it, it had already happened. And, uh, you know, so I, that was, that was kind of a surprise. We thought Kentucky, we talked about it this week, that they had kind of some different reports that we had heard that it was Howard and, and UCLA. And I think a lot of us thought UCLA, but, um, you know, congratulations to them. Now, now we're going to see what he does here in the future. Yeah. Yeah, it's – I mean, it, for a player of, of McCore's status, a you know, just last year he was a consensus top three recruit, um, you know, big name, big following, kind of what we talked about with Sky. He was one of those guys that, that had been been very serious about, uh, about this for a long time. Every time I've talked to Ed Smith, David, I know you have as well, he's put Howard right in the mix of that talking about, you know, Here's what Coach Cal thinks about uh, about him. Here's what Mick Cronin thinks, and here's what the Howard coaching staff thinks. Like he's narrow. I mean, he flat out told me that it was down to those three schools: Howard, UCLA, and Kentucky. And it always seemed like Kentucky was always going to be there. You know, I think they were watching that Olivier Sar thing closely, and like, okay, if if he becomes a need, then that might be something we, we you know we might look at just a little bit harder. But it always seemed like t- close to the end, it seemed like it was getting down to. UCLA, it was going to come down to UCLA and Howard. And and for, you know, the Mikey Williams of the world, they've talked about wanting to move forward with this HBCU movement and, and you know, kind of put pen to paper on this instead of like, oh, yeah, this is something we're interested in. I might, I might consider it. McCormaker was the first to say, you know what, screw it. I'm, I'm going all in with this. I, you know, this is a cause. That too, if you'll remember. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he went all in with it, took an official there and said, you know, I'm I'm serious about this. This isn't this isn't just another hat on the table. Uh, like you know, Coach Cal always says, this was something he was serious about. And you know, I, I'm the jury's still out on me if he actually ends up on that campus. If he doesn't, you know, the, his recruitment's been so back and forth between the pros and, and the college ranks. But for him to 
you know, settle down and make the, make this decision. I was like, man, that, that that's good on him. He, there are so many people talking about it, and, you know, kind of flirting with the idea. He was the first to say, screw it. I'm, I'm going all in with it. If you're, if you're going to support a, a cause and a movement and all that, like, you know, that's putting pen to paper, that's going, going in on it and saying, I'm going to move forward with this. I, I thought it was a really cool move. I'll tell you two things it does. Uh, number one, as you said, he's kind of the forerunner. You ever had a cat jump in your lap while you're doing a show? Anyway, uh, it, it, it kind of does two things. Number one, it, um, it, it makes him the forerunner for a lot of elite talent to say, yes, I, I'm going to, if, if not take a look, going to go. But it's almost like a Rooney rule. Uh, if I can put it that way, in college basketball, where you're going to have a lot of these players, you know, I think you see a lot of them that would put at least one historically black college university in their final list. And I think we're going to start seeing that. The other thing, even if he doesn't go to Howard, I think it does a lot for that program because yeah. their facilities in a lot of these places are woefully subpar. And I think you get now donors interested or maybe even people outside of the university that wouldn't have been to say, hey, we're, we're going to become involved. Your facilities have a huge upgrade. The colleges have a huge upgrade that they need. And, uh, and I think that's just good for everybody. I could see ESPN decided, hey, we're going to do a college game day here at, at somewhere like that next year. So I, I, think, it's, I think it's good all the way around to, to really – uh, kind of give the boost that they need. Yeah, I think if all it takes is one big booster, people have money in this world. They, you know, the Joe Crafts of the world that they have extra money, they're like, screw it, I'll put my name on a on a basketball facility or a football practice facility, you know, something like that. They People have money to spend. And if they see movements like this and they're wanting to donate to a cause and a movement, why wouldn't they choose, a, you know, a Howard or a, you know, a Tennessee state, something like that to, to say, you know what, let's, I am wanting to support this movement. I'm going to put pen to paper on supporting this movement. I think, I mean, this could be, if he ends up on campus, if it, you know, ESPN puts him on TV, like they, I guarantee you they would. This feels like the first step of something pretty significant. It really does feel like this is like, we're just, this, this is the tip of the iceberg. We're about to get a whole lot more from, from where that came from. I'm old enough to remember, and you guys are not, but when Grambling just cranked out NFL players left and right. You know, Doug Williams, and, you know, I remember even when Steve McNair played at Mississippi Valley State, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. It wasn't – you look at it, and it didn't catch you off guard. I mean, you had players coming out of those leagues like that all the time. Ed Tuttle Jones, Richard Dent went to Tennessee State, so – you know, if you go back, maybe it's, it's kind of like, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Like we're going back to the future, you know, where, where you're seeing a lot of really good uh, maybe players and athletes now start going back to that route. I saw a tweet earlier. Some I'm, I haven't fact-checked it, so it may be wrong, but I'm going to go with uh, what they said. They said that the last HBCU basketball player that was drafted was Kyle O'Quinn in 2012. He was the uh, 49th pick in the second round. And I loved Kyle O'Quinn. I really liked him at Norfolk State, and I liked him in the league. I, he's, a, he's a great asset. He's a role player, but he's a great asset to the teams. But that, I mean, it's been – this draft will be eight years since. Yeah. So, uh, also on uh, 
another thing about the Clark family, y'all, everybody needs to watch out for ZZ Clark. He's a class of 2024 kid. He is um, Sky's younger brother, who's going to be just as good as Sky whenever it's all said and done. Already has offers from, uh, off the top of my head, DePaul, Vanderbilt, and Rutgers. And Rutgers I, is just most recent, like two days ago, right? Yeah, I think he's – and then he got offered from Tennessee State as well. And, I mean, that kid, <laughs> he's going he's gonna to be good. Uh, I know some people around Kentucky like him, and he's going to be one to watch out for. But, like I said before, the Clark family is super awesome. All, all three of us went out to dinner with them last time we were, when we were down in uh, Brentwood. And the thing is, like, we, we're not talking – like, we're not mooching info when we're talking with them. Like – all of us will talk to Kenny about life. We'll talk to all the kids about life. It's just they're good people, and they've been they've been good to us. So, yeah, I mean, this is an awesome family. I mean, think of like this, this is a a normal kid. Like, is it, it what's what's so fascinating to me about Sky is he has two hundred thousand plus, you know, two hundred plus thousand Instagram followers one of the most popular kids in high school basketball, regardless of class, in terms of like likability, like other recruits like him, other prospects want to play with him. I mean, he's a, one of those larger than life type type recruits, but you talk to him and you, you know, sit down at the dinner table. You remember we, when we were there at dinner, we heard him singing the Scooby-Doo song with his brothers, you know, his brothers at the other table. Like this is a kid. Like the last time we had him on the show, he said, dude, I'm just another kid. I like riding my bikes around the neighborhood with my friends and like, it's for how much he's already doing with his platform at such a young age. I mean, this, this is just a kid that UK loves. They fell in love with him a long time ago. They put pen to paper by offering him yesterday. Uh, and I mean, it, it feels like this is moving in the right direction for, for Kentucky fans that not only like good basketball players, but good kids. I mean, this is a awesome family, uh, awesome, awesome kid. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited about him. As you guys saw in this interview, he was he was great. We we love him to death. So uh, you know, and, um, and one thing, and I tell my wife this all the time, because almost everybody kid or or parent of a recruit that I'll interview, I'll do it over the speakerphone and I'll I'll record, make sure I have no misquotes. And my wife will be walk through and she'll go, "Who's that?" And uh, if you have any. Um, misconceptions about or stereotypes, man, they'll, you, they'll be gone in a second because I promise you 99% of the people that I talk to with these kids, I've got the lower IQ between the two. And I know that's hard <laughs> to believe if you know me, but <laughs> it's it, seriously, I mean, just, man, these, these kids, and I do Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Minnesota, all three. And I went back and looked, and I've interviewed now since I've been doing it over a thousand players, and just a ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of these kids that you talk to, man, they're just so well-rounded and just everything you'd want your kid to be. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's it's awesome. I mean, it's really cool, kind of getting to getting to know these kids as as kids and and the families and, and doing all that. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty fun. I'm, I, I only got thrown into this like a little over a year ago at this point and, and I'm, I'm having a blast with it. And uh, today was a good example of that. That was, that was a good conversation. We love, we love Sky. We love having him on, love his family. Uh, it, was, it was a good time. Travis, we'll talk to future cast right quick. Cats Illustrated, they pulled a trifecta 
yesterday, Justin and and myself uh, jumped on board with you and did did put in future cast for uh, for a sky going to Kentucky. Yeah, that's uh, Justin never puts in future cast for basketball. You've already been out there too. Let me say that you had already you had already been uh, that, that had been in the works for you. You did that a, a good while ago. Yeah, I felt really confident. I still feel extremely confident that he ends up at Kentucky barring some unforeseen circumstances. Uh, you all know where I'm coming from on that. But, yeah, Justin put in one. That's a, that's a huge deal. Uh, Cats Illustrated – I mean, uh, Rivals won't give you the option to put in a future cast unless they have an offer. So, just able to yesterday. So, And then I saw my new boss. I'm also writing for the Night Report at for Rutgers now. Started that yesterday. Uh, there my, you go. Shameless yeah. plug. You deserve that. You earned yeah. it. My my boss there, Richie, he uh he put in one today too, uh, for Kentucky because that I'm I don't really stick my neck out there out and say I'm extremely extremely confident in something, but I'm really confident with discussions I've had with the Clark family over the past few months uh, to half a year probably that uh that he'll be a cat. Um, one thing and one reason I did too, uh, Travis, and this is just. I'm going to talk outside of school here and just let the public know. Travis has said all along that he felt like an offer was coming and from what he had told me in the past and from talking to them, but a lot from just what everything I hear from Travis, you know, when they were going to have the Zoom call of all the coaches, we kind of knew what was coming. So when they, and, and Travis has said all along, they're going to offer in July. And they offered yesterday, and, and that's when I went to it. I said, okay, kind of everything that's going on that we thought would happen has happened, and it, that's when I jumped in. But, you know, Travis even going back, and he took some criticism on Twitter. You know how, how toxic it can be. Uh, where when, when he first trans or they moved, rather, to Brentwood, Tennessee, in California, Travis was like, we knew this was going to happen, and but I couldn't say anything, and everybody was like, yeah, right, whatever, sure you did. And Travis did. Travis told me about this well back into the spring. And uh, when I talked to uh, Kenny, uh, when he got the – they took the Vanderbilt unofficial, which I think was back in February or March, and that's when ZZ got the Vanderbilt offer. He said, look, he said, I'm going to tell you something, and I already knew it because Travis had told me. He was like, don't say anything about it because he's still in school out here, but we're going to move to Brentwood. And if you look at the pictures, he was working out with Jamal Richardson uh, at Brentwood Academy High School. So, but, you know, they weren't going to say anything uh, as long as they were still attending school out there. So, and, and Travis, like I said, kind of took some criticism over something that he was being 100% honest about that he knew – this was going to happen, but he was a man of his word. He said he wasn't going to say anything about it, and he didn't. But, you know, we all knew the move was going to take place, and Travis was the first person that had told me. And I kind of gave hints about it. Thanks for the thanks for the backup there, David. But uh, <laughs> I kind of gave hints, hints about it on the uh, Cats Illustrated board. Like, I'm never going to ruin a kid's plans. Uh, I because me pushing that story early isn't worth the relationship I have with the Clark family. I'm always like that in every recruitment, but I kind of put something out on Cats Illustrated there for a while. I was like, yeah, there's going to be some upcoming circumstances that I think will help Kentucky's uh, chances in this recruitment even more. And even when he was living in California, I was like, Hey, I feel like he's gonna be a cat. So yeah, it's, I wish, 
I don't know. I wish all recruits and their families, like, but like David said, 99.999% are awesome. But I feel like the Clark family is probably that top 0.01%. They are on the, the upper, upper tier of that for sure. They're awesome from top to bottom. Good, good people. Um, all right. With that, let's call it a show. Um, Travis, where can fans find your work? You can find my work alongside David Sisk at Cats Illustrated. You find my work, or you can find me on Twitter at TravGraph underscore Rivals. And, and your new your new website. Night report. Don't forget that Night Report. Yeah, I wonder how many uh, UK fans are going to tune in for Rutgers news. But yeah, Night Report. You can find me there too, covering basketball. It, it's it's worth it. You you've earned it, uh, David. Well, I'll say this though. One thing about the Night Report. If I had to, if I had to pick two places, and I'd actually had a discussion with a guy about this. Uh, about a week ago, and I can't even remember which recruit it was, but he was talking about getting into New Jersey, uh, how well John Calipari is just entrenched in that state, and that's been a fertile recruiting ground for him. So you're uh, you're really going to have to beat on that state, and I think that's important because, you know, New Jersey is so important to John Calipari when he goes out and gets players. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Where, where can fans find your work? Uh, Cats Illustrated, along with Travis and uh, Coach David Sisk at, at Twitter. Uh, we keep it up in another uh, 15 years. I'll have as many Twitter followers as you guys have right now. <laughs> Maybe one day. No, you'll you'll get it. You'll you'll get it. You're. Uh, I'm gonna start talking don't... about. I'm gonna start talking about politics on there. I, I, I That's not a good it. idea. You want a good way to like get a. Uh a lot less followers than Jack since I'm playing catch up to Jack too is a uh, talk about politics. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a no go. I've never said a single word on my Twitter account about politics and, and that will continue because I understand that there is a, um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't help much of anything if, if your sports only account turns political. So that's, that's a philosophy I've always lived by. So I'm, I'm going to continue with that. But anyway, um, you can find me in my non-political Twitter account, at Jack Pilgrim KSR. You can reach out to me via email, jpilgrim at kentuckysportsradio.com. And uh, with that, we will be back next week. Well, actually, I'm going on my honeymoon, so I am will not see you next week. Um, I'm leaving on, on Sunday, actually. If uh, if all things go well, I'll be leaving Sunday. So, so you're, um, you're going on a honeymoon, and Travis is on about his – going to go on his eighth vacation of the summer. <laughs> yep. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, we're uh, we're flying out on Sunday morning at like six fifty, and you will not hear or see from me for seven days. I'm disconnecting from the world, and uh, I need it because, gosh, it's been it's just been too much right now. So I'm no, no I'm, vacations for me, but I'm gonna throw this out there because we're gonna be saving up for a wedding. My what's today? Friday. My daughter got engaged Wednesday night. Wow! So, and Congrats. I'm gonna get married next June. So we're we're saving every cent for that. So, we're, so like, uh, after he asked you uh, if you can marry your daughter, were you like after like cleaning your gun, like telling him, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, not really, not really. I'm trying to remember when he asked me if he was sober or not. So let's. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness all right well uh you'll you'll hear from us at some point in the next couple weeks it's just not gonna be next week i promise you uh so we'll, we'll talk to you then we appreciate you tuning in we thank sky clark for for joining us and uh we'll talk to you in the near future Jack,